Gotta begin with a little intro. My name is Optimus Prime. We are autonomous robotic organisms from the planet Cybertron. But you can call us Autobots for short. Even Hugo Weaving had to lay it down a little bit. Humans don't deserve to live. They deserve to choose for themselves. And you will die with them. Hey, sometimes when we ask, the rules change. Humans have asked us to play by their rules. Well, the rules have just changed. So, I know it's been a while. Two weeks to my account. Almost exactly. And for that, I repeatedly apologize. But... I'm gonna get. I wanted. There's something I wanted to get into. Something I wanted to touch on a little bit. Um, and I've been studying a lot and reading and listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of books and a lot of and reading and just doing a lot of research online about the medieval times and the bubonic plague. And that's something that's always kind of. I always love medieval history and and studying it and learning about it and studying it. And I've done, like I said, I've done a lot of research on it, but I also wanted to open with, I wanted some kind of like a sci-fi action movie kind of intro into the beginning. And the only thing I could come up with was, as you heard, Peter Cullen and Hugo Weaving, two of the greatest sci-fi voices you could have heard in a long time. Now, when I say Peter Cullen, anyone who doesn't know Peter Cullen is obviously, as you heard, Optimus Prime. And when the movies came around, um, Hugo Weaving is became became Megatron. Why did that? Why did that take a little delay to come to me just now? So I'm actually outside. You could probably hear from the breeze on the mic now. So I apologize for that. But I'm actually outside, and there's some neighbors that are doing yard work. So you may hear that in the background. Again, I apologize for that as well. But there's some interesting stories that I wanted to get into, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, if I could, and I'm going to, uh, just very interesting stuff about the bubonic plague uh, in the in the medi- in the medieval times in middle middle ages. It's it's it's, a, it's extremely extremely interesting. The Black Death, also known as the Pestilence or the Great Mortality, or the Plague, is a bubonic plague pandemic that occurred in Western Eurasia and North Africa from 1346 to 1353, roughly. Uh, it, is the, it, is the most famous, it is the most fatal pandemic recorded in human history, causing the deaths of 75 to 200 million people peaking in Europe from 1347 to 1351. The bubonic plague was caused by the bacterium Yersinia pestis spread by fleas, but during the Black Death, it probably also took a secondary form spread by person-to-person contact via aerosols, causing a pneumonic or pneumonia-like plague. 
it's called the black it was called the black death because of the the bubbles and the the calluses that would form when so when people spew and spewed them and when people spewed and blood boils and infected other things they would have kind of like a black kind of appearance to them a black kind of substance to them as well and that obviously led to death so that's where it got the name the black plague and and there's it's also well as you just heard it's the most deadly it was the most deadly pandemic at the time at the time or any time and i would argue i would arguably say that yes given medicine and medical knowledge at the time it couldn't have prevented you couldn't have we couldn't have prevented the spread of it as much as as it was during then because we didn't have the knowledge then that we have today so had we had the knowledge then that we had today or something similar could it have been far wor- far less might have been but we didn't and that's why it led yeah the knowledge and the preparation at the time led to the situations that resulted and what became of what it is what it was the black death was the beginning of the second plague pan no it just jumped the internet as it tends to happen when I do things <laughs> when I read from wikipedia and history.com and the other sources I use the the articles tend to jump on me so I is the beginning of the black of the second pandemic the pen the plague created religious social and economic upheavals with profound effects on the course of european history the origin of the black death is disputed genetic analysis points to the evolution of yersinia pestis in the in the tian shan mountains in the border between kyrgyzstan and china 26 2600 years ago The immediate territorial origins of the Black Death and its outbreak remains unclear. With some pointing towards pointing towards Central Asia, China, the Middle East, and Europe. The pandemic was reportedly first introduced in Europe during the during the siege of 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 Genoese Genoese of the siege of the siege of the Genoese trading post of Kaffa. in the in the in the Crimea by the golden horde of army of Jan Beg in 1347 from Crimea it was most likely carried by fleas living on black rats that traveled in Genoese ships spreading through the Mediterranean basin and reaching North Africa West Asia and this and the rest of Europe via Constantinople Sicily and the Italian peninsula There is evidence that once it came ashore the black death mainly spread from person to person as a pneumonic plague thus explaining the quick inland surprise of the uh, epidemic which was faster than would be expected if the primary vector was rat fleas causing bubonic plague in 2022 it was discovered that there was a sudden surge of deaths in what is today Kyrgyzstan from the black death in the late 1330s when the combined when combined with genetic evidence this implies that the initial spread now may not have been due to the to the mongol conquests in the 14th century as had been previously expect, speculated 
what has resulted in a lot of our investigations kind of CSA, CS, CSA, kind of CSI-like CSA, um, was that we can't, because it was so long, so many hundreds and hundreds of years ago, we, there's no forensic or there's no CSI-type evidence at all. But what we can tell is through dentiary or dent, dental remnants or pulp that resides in the bone, in preserved bones, we can tell how it may have spread or some evidence, some evidence that way. It's hard because nothing that exists, how it existed in the bones, there's nothing, the bones, there's nothing in the bones that would have, that would have had been around this late to, to identify, the bones would have, they would have decayed. So there's nothing that would have signified anything to us. But the teeth, the teeth of the victims, that can tell us something. The Black Death was the second great, was the second great natural disaster to strike Europe. During, during the late Middle Ages, the first one being the Great Famine of 1315 to 1317, and is estimated to have killed 30, 30, per, 30 to 60 percent of the European population, as well as about one third of the population of the Middle East. The plague might have, might have reduced the world population from roughly, I want to say, Four, four seventy to four seventy-five million, to three fifty to three seventy-five million in the late fourteenth century. There were further outbreaks throughout the late Middle Ages, and with other contributing factors, the crisis of the late Middle Ages, for example, the European population did not regain its level until thirteen in, in thirteen hundred until roughly 1500. Outbreaks of the plague recurred around the world until the early 19th century. That's right, the early 19th century. That would be the early 1800s. Because we're in the, the 20th century was the 1900s. So, just to give you some sort of if everyone's kind of going, huh? Just to give you some sort of a frame of reference. The most authoritative contemporary account is found in a report from the medical facility in Paris to Philip VI of France. It blamed the heavens in the form of a conjunction of three planets. In the form of the conjunction of three planets. In 1345, that caused the great pestilence, caused, quote, a great pestilence in the air, also known as the, also kind of known as the miasma theory. Muslim religious scholars taught that the pandemic was a was a was a martyrdom and a mercy from God, assuring that believers that the believers place in assuring the believers place in paradise. For non-believers, it was a punishment. Some Muslim doctors cautioned against trying to prevent or treat a disease sent by God. Others adopted preventative measures and treatments for plagues used by Europeans. These Muslim doctors also depended on the 
writings of the ancient Greeks. Due to climate change in Asia, rodents began to flee the dried-out grasslands to more populated areas, thus spreading the disease. The plague plague disease caused by the bacterium Yersinia pestis is enzoic, commonly present, in the populations of fleas carried by ground rodents. In various areas, including, including Central Asia, Kurdistan, Western Asia, Northern India, Uganda, and the Western U.S. The Yersinia pestis was discovered by Alexander Yersin in the, a pupil of Louis Pasteur during, a, during an epidemic of, bubon, of bubonic plague in Hong Kong in 1894. Yersin also proved this Bacillus was present in rodents and suggested the rat was the main vehicle of transmission. The the mechanism by which the pestis was usually transmitted was established in 1898 by Paul-Louis Simond and was found to involve the bites of fleas whose medguts had become obstructed by the replicating pestis. Several days after feeding on an infected host, the blockage starves the fleas and drives them to aggressive feeding behaviors, and it attempts to clear the blockage by regulation, by regulation, by regurgitation, resulting in thousands of plague bacteria being flushed into the feeding site, infecting the host. The bubonic plague mechanism was also dependent on two populations of rodents, one resi- resistant to the disease, which acts as ho- which act as hosts, keeping the disease endemic. A second that lacks resistance, when the s- when the second population dies, the fleas move on to other hosts, including people, thus resu- thus resulting in a human epidemic. That's kind of how most... I don't exactly know how COVID, COVID got started because I didn't really look into it that much. I was, wasn't that curious. I didn't lie. Like I said, I didn't dive into it that much. But that's how, that's how the bubonic plague got started. A lot, of it, a, lot of, a lot of the history from what I know, how the medieval times and Middle Ages occurred, was they started from the fall of Rome. And when when Rome was conquered, a lot of historians say, "Do they, do they, do you really believe, or do they really believe that Rome fell?" Well, they kind of think that it, that it was conquered more than it just collapsed. And I want to say, I I want to the van the Vandals that that conquered Rome. Uh, I keep, I keep wanting to say, and I, and I, and I'm pretty sure that's wrong, but I want to say, I want to say that, um, uh, not, not the Gauls. I'm trying to search my memory as I'm talking right now, like what caused the Rome to be conquered. And a lot of people say that Rome didn't fall. 
a lot of historians that I know and a lot of things that I've looked up and that I think of is that Rome didn't Rome may not have actually fallen or may have it was conquered and Visigoths that's the team that's the term that hit me way later than it should have and I I kind of I initially wanted to say Gauls but that's not true because Gaul is now France Gaul became France <coughs> France was Gaul before it became France um, I kind of in the back of my head kind of wanted to say that and I knew it wasn't true that's not true it was the Visigoths um, and Rome was conquered and well a lot of people say Rome didn't fall because Rome was Rome was about the, the Roman Empire was about the size of the continental US about that size and what one of the I forget his name what one of the emperors did was instead of having one one capital in Rome rule the entire an entire empire that size um one of the emperors split it split it down the well not a 50-50 split kind of like a one-thirds two-thirds split sort of I guess that would be the best way to describe it um and he split it. So the empire, the whole empire was under the command of Rome. All ruled by Rome, but it was split into a Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was split into two parts. One ruled from Rome. And the other ruled, ruled from what became Constantinople. Named after the Emperor Constantine. Um, and then after Constantine ruled by Justinian. Who you may know... From, from, from historical fame, you may know Justinian also by from his wife Theodora. So they they're very Justinian and Constantinople and Constantinople, Justinian and Constantine and Theodora are all very, very popular and very well known in not just Roman and Italian history but very well known in history. Uh, and the one of the Roman emperors split it. And it was ruled from from Rome. And hold on, the page is jumping around here. My so I'm trying to do I'm trying to do ref to 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 do the research here, and the page is just starting to jump to to jump around on me. And for some reason, there's something that just got into my eye. Something into my eye is making my eye burn. So I'm trying to blink it and rub it out while the microphone is near my mouth. So again, the blessings of recording things live, you got to roll with what you're given. So that's why I prefer live. (coughs) Sorry to everyone, but that's why I prefer to do things live. You roll with, you hear it exactly as it was recorded. Plus, like I've said several times before, I really, really hate editing. Really, really, really hate editing. So, so when the Roman Empire was split, it was ruled the the part of the empire was. 
Part of the, the part of the empire and the majority of the empire was ruled from Rome. That was the final, the top of it all. The other part was ruled from Constantinople. And when Rome fell, the 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 head honchos, the top of the line, fell in Rome, the the empire, the empirical capital. But the empire was still afloat; it still could sustain itself. And the the other Roman, the other half of the empire, stayed afloat and ruled itself from Constantinople, and Constantine and Justinian. And as you'll as you hear, they had a, they had a great amount of success from there. But when the when the when the empire fell, it was they didn't people didn't have the footing, they didn't have the the, the background. The society didn't have its have its backbone, so they couldn't survive. And that's why a lot of the medieval times or the Middle Ages are called the Dark Ages. Because there wasn't, there wasn't any societies to support itself like Rome had been. And the society couldn't stand, it couldn't support itself. So there was a lot of darkness and a lot of, a lot of shadows fell across mostly France and Britain. And a lot of the stuff didn't, didn't go the way everyone wanted it to. So that's where the Dark Ages and castles and kings and queens and prince, princesses and knights that's where all that came from great stories great history, great legends, great stories and it's a lot it's very interesting to talk about and to hear about medieval history but back to back to a lot of back to the, back to the Black Death a lot of what, a lot of what, it, it can be argued that since the society and European society was so disheveled from the from the collapse of the only the sustaining factory it only knew from the the sustaining empire and factory it knew from the from the collapse of Rome that they didn't no one knew where to go and it made it ripe for something like like the bubonic plague and that's kind of how it succeeded how it succeeded like it did there wasn't there wasn't anything established to help people survive and to help to help people get the best care that they needed and as as any device any devices as any epidemic has occurred throughout the throughout the t- course of history can tell you or you will learn from is that the bubonic plague and bubonic plague at the time and any of these plagues is that plagues can find some way to overcome you'll set some things up to get around it or to or to, to violate it or to sorry about that yawn to get they'll they'll find a way to get around it or try to overcome it or make things hard. Um, and society will have to try and find a way to overcome what the disease is trying to do. It's just it was just it, it's it's very interesting. All of this is very 
very interesting to find out and to study what happened what happened and how and how the plague did what it did uh, a lot of the oh, because of society uh, an infected person whether you were a serf or poor and whether you were rich if you were infected you were infected and you could you could pass it on no matter who you were. I guess the thinking at the time might have been because of the richer upper class, they could afford not to be in, not to be around people they could infect, or not to be around in this, to take different precautions, I guess is the better way to put it. And the, the, the serfs, the lower classes, couldn't afford that, couldn't do that. So things got passed a lot of the a lot of the population in medieval times was that a lot of the population was 15 and younger that was the majority of the, age 15 and younger was the majority of the population now that's changed a bit because we've developed these nowadays we've developed more of an aging population or an older population but back then a lot of the population in medieval times was 15 and younger. And what the bubonic plague did was it inf- a lot of the inf- people infected were 15 and younger. So, because, and I, and I totally get that. that. That was the majority of the population who were out, who was out and about and out and around most frequently, most often. It had the best, oppor- the best opportunity to get to the people who were most out and about, who most of whom were out and about. So I get that it had to get to the most. I get that, but it it, it had wiped them. It, it had wiped out most of that, most of that, most of those people in that population. It had wiped that out, and because of because of how the bubonic plague acted, because of what it did, it the procreation wasn't a thought process. Because you didn't want to infect anyone. Well, duh. You didn't want to affect anyone else. And you were so ailing and so near death. No one wanted to come near you and get infected themselves. So that, that, that's, that's what happened. And that's what, that's, it, it spread so rapidly and so infected so many people that, that it, that it was, it was it was interesting. It was very very shocking and scary, and I heard a lot of this last year or so during during the COVID version. I heard this time a lot during the last year that people, a lot of doctors and nurses had compared it to stories and hearing legends and stories of the bubonic plague. Now, the difference is. Given the time, given the time of life, and the time of life and during life that it, that the different plagues occurred in, the bubonic plague was far, far, far worse, and far more severe and infectious and dangerous. Um, again, because we didn't have the kind of medical science then that we had now. So, yes, would it would it have been different? Probably, but. We didn't know then what we know now, so the judging. So we kind of have to go judging based on the death toll and 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 the infection rate. 
uh, we kind of have to go, go go by that. And the numbers were far, far worse for the bubonic plague. And that's just that's just, that's the way it was. It is recognized that an epidemic, but that an epidemiological. Nope, nope. I was gonna. I was reading from my notes there, and the page jumped. So now I have to find out where find where I was. Sorry about that, everyone. As I, I see, I do research and stuff, and I take notes on what I want to talk about. And sometimes as I'm reading, the page just jumps. It just randomly jumps. And I have to scroll back down and look for it. It is recognized that an epidemiological account of plague is, is, is as important as an identification of symptoms. But researchers are hampered by the lack of reliable stat- statistics from this period. Most work has been done on the spread of the disease in England, and which, and which even estimates of overall population at the start, at the start may vary over. Jump again. Page just jumped again. So, the the evidence of what they're seeing and the evidence. It's just, it varies so much that, and there's no hardcore evidence. We can only, like I said earlier in the episode, we can only judge based on CSI type stuff from what we see today because we can see teeth and remnants of teeth from that time. We can, we can kind of judge based on that and we kind of have to judge based on that. We, we have to, it, I mean, it could, it could wipe out. It wiped out so many people, and so it is so devastating. And a lot of discussions and a lot of a lot of things that I've heard have been talked about. What if one, if could the bubonic plague exist today? Well, someone someone has said it already has. A form of it already has. COVID has been, has kind of related to it, had, had, had the same results as far as pandemics and epidemics are concerned. That. But it would, the serious argument would say that if the bubonic plague existed today with the results that it had, entire countries could be wiped out. And it would be disastrous. It's very this whole thing, while I know what I know and I've done research on what I've been able to do research on, hopefully it helps enlighten you a little bit more. And it's just a very interesting thing to me to try and to try and look it up and studying it, because maybe it can give some enlightenment on how it how it was handled and what it did. It can maybe be able to give some enlightenment as to how we tackle things going further, learn from our past, sort of thing. It's kind of it's just kind of an interesting thing. So, thank you all so much for listening. Stick around for a little more in the end here. Want to check out the best travel vlogger and videos anywhere? Go to Atlantic City, Disney, Six Flags, all along the Atlantic City boardwalk and go to Vegas. Check out the New York Channel. And you 
Y-A-W-K on YouTube, you will be thoroughly impressed and thoroughly entertained. You will love every second of what you're seeing. Go to YouTube and check out N-U-Y-A-W-K. You'll love what you're seeing. You'll enjoy every second of it. Want to check out the best cruising podcast everywhere? Check out Fantastic Cruising on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. And on their Facebook community. Check out Fantastic Cruising. A great, great adventure you will love, love listening to and watching. Want to check out the environment, the climate, the planet, and everything we can do to have an impact on it? Check out City Climate Corner on all the podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on everything. You won't be disappointed. You'll enjoy and love what you're listening to.